Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian, joined by my co-host Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share their thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. This week on the pod, we want to talk to you about betrayal. Uh, and that's going to encompass all of the people that we can potentially be betrayed by. We want to talk about being betrayed by friends, family, specifically our spouse, and then when you're feeling betrayed by God as well. Yeah, and before we jump all the way in, we'd just like to welcome you. Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome. Um, if you've been rocking with us for a while, we appreciate you coming back. Uh, just encouraging you to lean in community. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you can reach out for a marriage is tougher, searching marriage is tougher on all social media platforms, you can find us. Or you can go to uh, marriagestougher.com to our website. If you'd like to be a guest, there's a short form you can fill out. Once you fill that out, we'll respond back. We'll figure out what topic you want to talk about and get you on the show. Again, you can also uh, hit us on the DMs on Instagram, again, searching marriage is tougher, so that we can connect and we just want to create this community and be active in it and answer any questions you have. So let's get into the episode. Yeah, man. So this is probably a heavy episode. Uh, so, you know, listeners get prepared for that. But um, I guess the first question I would ask is when you are feeling betrayed by a friend, is the weight of that heavier, equal to, or lighter than a family member or your spouse, in your opinion? It depends on the friend, mm, right? Okay. Because there are many people that, and depends on the family, right? <laughs> right. Because right. you have your immediate family um, that you can be close to, but some people are closer to like their cousins or like one or two cousins, and they're more like quote unquote siblings. So, but if you have like a, a strange cousin do something ridiculous, I guess that is that even betrayal at that point? Hmm. Because right. does that matter as much? All right, so let's okay, let's bring the context in so we can all be on the same page. So it's someone who is close to you that does something that feels out of pocket or betrayal. So whether it is family member, immediate or not, um, friend, close. I guess they would have to be close enough for it to feel like betrayal, right? Spouse, right. obviously, that's your, that's your partner. So yeah, you have um, to have some sort of expectation of this person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I kind of rabbit hold, but I think at that point, it's not for me. It's not different, right? Because if to me, I'm thinking my sisters. I'm thinking. You, I'm thinking, you know, um, my cousins that I'm real close to, they're all in the same boat. So leaving my spouse out of it, if something happened that felt like betrayal between that group, I think it would all feel the same. But how I, how it plays out, I think it depends on the proximity that I have with that person. Because of the people that I just mentioned, my younger sister is the only one that actually lives in the same city. Okay. So 
as far as communication, I don't really have, I probably communicate with you the most outside of that because we are scheduled, <laughs> you know, every, you know, once a week to chat. So, um, bet- between the two of you, that would jack up my whole rhythm of life or my parents. That'd be like, what? Um, so I think it, there's a lot of factors, but I, for me, it would hit the same. Okay. Um, but more so, it would be it would only be different by proximity. I got you. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking. I I guess it depends on how egregious the betrayal is, and what level of expectations I have set on that person. So I think very similar to what you said. Um, but then behind that, I'm thinking, you know, how do I handle it? I, I think there's really only a few options, right? We um, could exit the relationship, right? So we just leave all together, leave them behind us. Like, listen, I'm not trying to go through that again. Um, you've just shown me who you are. <laughs> and obviously, right, it's it's not someone who loves me. So there's that. Um, you can learn to forgive, right? I, I've got a friend who I used to be a lot closer to who uh, learned of some infidelity by his wife and he ended up forgiving her, saved his marriage, saved his, you know, relationship for both of them with children. Um, and I don't often think about it, but I, I do sometimes think about what, what I do to handle that in that situation with my wife, right? I don't, and I don't imagine anyone would ever expect anything like that to happen within your marriage, but, you know, obviously that does occur in the world. So um, how would you handle that? Um, I, I think I'm not afraid of it, but, like, feelings-wise, I'm afraid to dive down that rabbit hole, right? Because I think there's some things that we could think about um, that can affect our mental state, right? It's kind of like that fear, right? False events Mm -hmm. appearing real. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if you think on it too much, you start having dreams about it and you just wake up mad, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, what are you mad about? Like nothing. Because nothing happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's tight. Um, but there's, I don't know. There's, I guess, how, how else would you handle those situations uh, or, or react? Not, I don't want to say handle because that, you know, that's diving down probably a little bit too far. But what other ways do you see being able to react to, to a betrayal? Yeah. I mean, I think. You said both. Yeah, you can. You can stay. I guess the other way is to build kind of what we said before. It's like, like you forgive them. You can mm-hmm. leave the situation, forgive them, um, and leave the situation. Right? There's a lot of different ways you can just cut them off and be bitter forever. You can actually forgive and still leave the situation and realize that's no good. But you can also 
forgive with the intention on building up a new form of relationship. So I think really forgiveness is the first option in both cases, but you can forgive and not have a relationship as well. And that's okay. If you're like, okay, I'm, you know, I just don't want to go through this again, you know, for right now, we'll see, and we can see what may happen in the future. But as of now, I don't want any part of you. And that's totally fine. But I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, there's, and you can also proceed with trying to build something new with a new foundation and see where that goes. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention that, uh, you know, I often listen to the Dr. John Deloney show and he almost always mentions that, you know, no matter the level of, uh, you know, infidelity, betrayal, whatever you want to call it. Um, you have to start anew, right? He's like, tear it down, start anew. There is no trying to build on top of something that was broken. Um, so I think if you really think about it, no matter how you choose to react, right? Forgive, leave, whatever, you're starting new. So I think that's a a good thought process, I guess, if you have to go through a betrayal. It's like, all right, I'm I'm starting over from wherever it is I, I plan to to start from. Right. Um if I am going to forgive them, then we need to build a new trust structure. If I am going to leave the situation and no longer want to be around or engage with this person in any manner. I need to build my life to no longer include them, right? Which dependent on how intertwined your life is with that person, you know, friend groups, work, (laughs) church, whatever it is, um, that could take some doing. So just wanted to mention that Um, the larger issue that we're going to bring up is when you're feeling betrayed by God and in thinking about it now, I want to ask, are we ever actually betrayed by God or do we just feel that way? We, we try to equate how we feel about our interactions with God to how we know we interact with humans, right? And it's not the same. We, you know, we... Oh, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole, but I'm going to let you respond first. Man, you just, had you not caveated that, I may have had an answer. But now I'm like thinking about, is it the same? No, it's likened to trying to explain something to someone that's never seen whatever you're trying to explain. So you're using things that they know to say it's like this. Right, like if you've never seen, I don't know, if you've never seen an iPhone, but someone has a like a regular rotary phone, but they also have a TV. So you're like, it's kind of like a small TV, but you can make calls on it like your phone and blah, 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 but it's not actually the thing. 
So I feel like that's what you're saying when you're saying, is it really betrayal? Are we really ever betrayed by God? Because we're using our human interactions and putting that on him without even truly being able to understand fully him (laughs) (laughs) or what his plans are for us or how we, the decisions that we have made may have played a part in what we feel as betrayal, Mm -hmm. right? So there's just this holistic view that sometimes we don't have when it comes to God that he has because he's after our forever and he's in the long game all the time. Um, And it could be just regular, the regular part of grief, right? Like if we lose someone and it doesn't make sense, like that can feel like betrayal because it was our plan and our vision and what we saw happening wasn't happening. But it was, was it ever a part of the plan for us to have that for as long as we wanted anyway? Right? Yeah. So it's this, this weird space of, we have to be able to feel that and express it, but we can't hold, I feel like we can't hold God hostage to what we assumed would happen because what happened is what's, what's happened. Yeah. I don't even know if I I answered your question, but. No, I, I think you did. What I'm thinking is most recently for me is when my mother passed, right? I, I think I handled it better than expected simply because it was happening for so long. Right. But then in the moment I felt like why, right? Like why now it was, it was so abrupt. Like I I wasn't able to be close enough to her on that day. Um, and I think we're so quick to throw words around sometimes, like, you know, I was feeling betrayed, right? But that was the plan the entire time, right? Like, he called her home. Mm-hmm. Why, <laughs> why am I mad about that, right? So it's, it's almost selfish of me to feel like I've been betrayed in that scenario, right? Um there are other scenarios where there are, you know, just things that I thought were going to happen, plans that, you know, I had. And, you know, it goes to that saying, what you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. It's, um, it's difficult for us as human, right? Mm -hmm. Because we think, and want to believe that we have more control than we actually have. Um, and the saying that I got from Anthony O'Neill, actually, which I uh, put on my screensaver is work like it all depends on you. Pray like it all depends on God. Takes me to my next point, which I don't know if you've seen this video. I just saw it recently. There's a, a clip of a young black girl asking why do we pray 
Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Um, so it, I don't know what the actual scenario is, but it, what seems to be a teacher or professor responds because she's like, you know, I, I wish I could pull it up real quick, but you know, she was basically saying, you know, like, why don't we pray? I feel like we ask for things and we, you know, they're, they're not always delivered. And is that in the third, right? And he's like, you know, that's a mistake that most people make. They pray to ask for things, but that's not why you're supposed to be praying. The, the purpose of prayer is to create a connection with God, right? And she was, I think, saying that, you know, a lot of times my prayers are unanswered. And he's like, that's not the truth. Your, your prayers are answered. It's just maybe not the answer that you want. And he's like, you know, God will answer your your prayer in only a couple ways. He answers no, not right now, or go. <laughs> right? Like, yes, this this is my plan. I'm ready for you. You you uh have been obedient. It's it's time for you to go and grow. Um so what are your thoughts on that as far as the prayer aspect? Because I think a lot of times we as Christians feel like for the fact that I've prayed for this and maybe I've prayed for it for years, you've promised me that I should have it because I've prayed for it, but that's not necessarily the case. I, I agree. It's not necessarily the case. I think we, especially in our context of where we are in the world, you know, in America with the luxuries that we have and how we've been taught about what prayer is holistically. A lot of generalizations here. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it seems like we are praying with an expectation that if we pray for so long or for so much, then this will just happen. Um, and just reiterating what you're saying, the real focus on prayer is to just connect with God. And really, there should be almost more listening and more sitting and reflecting than there should be for asking. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking. Uh, because just like any parent-child relationship, we ask for things from our parents, and that is just what it is. And I think that is kind of, again, what we were saying about putting God like those things that we see on earth. It's like we we ask for our parents and they, but they will do the same. They'll either say yes, no, not right now. <laughs> right? So, but we usually have a, a more tangible timeline. Like we know about the timeline with our, mm -hmm. with our natural parents. But, you know, with our Heavenly Father, we may not see what the timeline is. So he may put something that you may, he may show you you doing something and it may need to be 10 years from now where you're in a different space, different place, different experiences to be able to truly champion that vision and steward it and take care of it properly. Right. But he might give it to you early just so that you know that he's thinking about it. And then he'll give you nuggets of, remember, I told you this, remember, I showed you this. And it's, it, there's like an endurance piece to that. A lot of times we, we forget that it's for our forever. And I know I've said that already this episode. That's really what helps ground me 
when I don't see things happen quickly. We're so used to quick things happening, but just like any amazing meal, right? It takes a long time to get that meal prepared. And it's not the same as a fast food meal. I don't care what you say. (laughs) Even if you go to like a drive up barbecue place, please believe that dude was, or that lady was smoking that thing for 12 to 14 hours. It shows up on your plate. But if you want to, if you want to be there from the beginning, you'll have 15, 12 to 15 hours of preparation before you get that amazing meat. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just see the results. Like we're all about results, results, results. God's about the journey. He's about the journey. Right. So, I'm not even sure where I am with that, but I'm saying (laughs) prayer is not a, oh, I'm agreeing. Prayer is about communicating and really trying to figure out which path, not necessarily focusing on the result. Because if once we get the result, kind of tangenting here, we may elevate the result over the one who gives us the result, right? God makes all the things happen for us. So if we want this promotion, we may now be more focused on the position that we have than remembering that God walked us through, opened the doors, set us up, gave us the ability to retain the knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. set up the situations and the people that we need to know, gave us favor in that situation for us to have that promotion, right? Even all those things I just said, it was a long time to get to the promotion, but we just right. want the promotion and the position. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's. That's good, man. Um, when you were talking, I was thinking about the the roundabout way that I got to where I'm at, and the what I interpreted initially as setbacks. You know, like 180 degree turns away from where I'm at right now feels like a setback, but it was more or less just God redirecting redirecting me, saying like, "No, you need to go back there and." grow in that area of opportunity I presented to you and you missed it. Right. And then he starts bringing it back to you and, you know, you, you get to where you want to be. Um, in my case anyway. And then, you know, has also shown me like, all right, now that you're here, don't forget, you still need to grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's funny because I think too often we're taught to pray to obtain things, right? Um, or if it's not obtain things, we pray not to lose mm. things or people. And I think even I need to be better at just praying to connect with God. So I guess that begs the question. And I, I think we should probably end the podcast on this or the episode on this. How do we reconnect? Whether it be with friends, family, spouse, uh, most importantly, how do we reconnect with God? Especially if we've felt betrayed and, you know, we've done all the things, right? Like, I, like, should I even believe anymore? Like I, What's what's happening here, right? Yeah, um, it's a lot of communication, 
right? If we're with people, it's, there has to be a, an acknowledgement that this happened, right? Because if both parties don't acknowledge that it happened, then there's no path forward. So if they acknowledge that it happened, then you have to decide what are the boundaries for each party involved and what are the consequences, right? Boundaries with the consequences of if the boundaries are broken or if that agreement of trust is breached. And then how how deep are you are both parties willing to f- still fight to regain or like you said build this new relationship right that's that's what we do with our spouse our our family our friends right with god it's us being okay with sometimes not knowing the why's but knowing the who hmm. and trying to gain knowledge of the who and maybe in time the why will show itself as we know as we dive deeper into who god is in our lives and his purpose for us and we we may be shown why that quote-unquote betrayal has happened any thoughts on that not really man i i think you wrapped it up pretty well i, I agree um I, yeah no i don't have anything to add to that man. <laughs> all right well we appreciate you guys listening um as we just talk through this conversation it's a little different one a little heavy one but we got through it so if you have any comments if you think we did anything right explain anything right explain anything wrong Hit us up on Instagram, Searching Marriage is Tougher, also Facebook, YouTube, and or go to our website, marriageistougher.com, and leave uh, leave a section in the comments. I mean, you, you can also see the rest of our uh, episodes there. So thanks again for taking some time to rock with us, and we will see you next time. Peace.